Welcome back to the Chest of Hope podcast. It's Leanna, your host, and today we're going to be talking about support groups. This episode, I will discuss the aspects of a support group and what to expect when and if you're deciding to attend one. When joining a support group, that's the main reason you're joining, right? To gain that support that you're looking for. For whatever reason, you're needing it. It could be for building your self-esteem, building a support system from individuals that are experiencing the same feelings that you are, and more likely to understand one another through peer support. Support groups can serve as a valuable supplement to individual advocacy or counseling. These groups provide opportunities for participants to discuss their daily struggle with the multiple issues affecting their safety, sobriety, wellness, and empowerment. Much of the power in support groups come from the personal stories. People share their experience, strength, and hope with each other. When one person breaks the silence about personal experiences that are uncomfortable or taboo to talk about, others feel safer breaking their silence. Members of the group also hear success stories. They hear what others are doing to cope with problems similar to their own. They can help other members who are not as far along on their path, which can help improve self-esteem and give them the feeling of making a positive contribution. However, individuals who are survivors of multi-abuse trauma do have some special safety and excess concerns. Support groups should have a non-judgmental atmosphere, clear ground rules addressing confidentiality and respect among group members. Most people in support groups respect privacy and confidentiality, especially when there are safety issues involved. To ensure confidentiality, support groups usually have guidelines to follow throughout the group. Some examples of those guidelines are using first name only, limit note taking, advise group participants about what you are mandated to report, such as child welfare, or adult protective services, issues, suicide, threats, etc. Advise individuals leaving an abusive situation not to share information in a group setting, if doing so could put their safety at risk. Some group members don't want to be greeted or acknowledged outside of the group due to safety or privacy concerns. Be sure to address this with the group. Some groups come up with a code to use if they do see each other out in a public place. Now the groups are more likely to be held virtually, be sure to be in a secluded area and secured Wi-Fi. Make sure you do not share virtual passcodes for meetings so that it is more secure. Some initial discomfort is normal for anyone who is new to support groups. It is natural to feel nervous in a room full of strangers. First-time participants may have spent years avoiding the issues the group is discussing. People who experiences include violence or abuse also may have safety concerns. It's the facilitator's job to make it feel comfortable and to make you feel safe and hopefully you'll keep coming back. Usually in support groups there's some type of format. Participants in support groups may be more comfortable when group sessions have a predictable structure. Here is an example of an overall format that has been used successfully with people who have multiple issues, including current interpersonal violence or past trauma. First, there's a check-in. 
the facilitator will open the session by asking group members to briefly state one thing that they did right or are proud of achieving during the previous week, such as an icebreaker. Second, identification of problems, challenges, or goals and resources. Second, the facilitator will ask participants if anyone is facing a special challenge or a particular goal they would like to achieve by identifying resources currently utilized by the group members and develop additional options to resolve problems, meet challenges, and achieve goals. Third, there's the educational component. The facilitator will use a portion of the session to educate participants about some aspect of interpersonal violence and its relation to past trauma, mental health concerns, substance use, or any other issues that they may be facing. Topics may include power control dynamics, safety issues, sobriety issues, wellness issues, children issues, healthy boundaries, coping skills, etc. Lastly, there's the closure. The facilitator will close the session by either asking individuals to name one thing that they can do to achieve safety, sobriety, wellness, or empowerment as defined by each person. Generally, this is the format for support groups, but the topics of conversation may change according to each member's prioritized issue. For example, here at Chess of Hope, we had curriculum prepared, and then after the first group, we found it was more important for participants to share what was important to them. So for the intro, I mean, we really got to know the participants that were going to be joining our support group via Zoom, and it kind of just went whatever direction they wanted it to go in. So I, I do want to point that out, how important it is to be interactive in a support group and to get that conversation going um, for others, you know, to get that peer support from the group. Finally, we're hoping the end result when attending a support group will be a successful self-exploration. Self-exploration involves taking a look at your own thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and motivators and asking why. Now I'm sure you have convinced yourself you got past or tucked away or moved on past feelings that are associated with your past trauma and uncertainties. So if you were to get a small cut from a rusty, dirty piece of metal, let's just say that it would scab immediately. Would you agree that that's it? Nothing more? Cut? Scabbed? Moved on? You're good? No. What's the first thing you think of? Infection? Yes. So unless you pull that scab off and properly clean out the wound, that one little cut could cause a great deal of problems, including infection and pain. Some past trauma can stall self-discovery. Sometimes the brain will lock the doors to traumatic, painful memories and push them to the side, leaving those memories unpleasant and unexplored because it hurts. While it can be exhausting and difficult to even think about stirring up these dormant emotions and feelings, it is essential to start the healing. So unless you have had your wounds treated properly or at least sanitized in some type of way, you probably will be bothered by it for years to come. So here you are, you have made a life-changing decision, and you're here because you're wanting to better your life and yourself. You've joined a support group meaning you're here to transform yourself and your situation into something better. This is where you're going to peel the layers back and start to actually begin the starting stages of self-help. 
you're going to do this in a creative manner. You're full of expectational amount of information and it's just waiting to be found. So this is where self-exploration comes into play. So believe in yourself and have an open mind and a desire to change. We've given you the basic structure of a support group. I hope this information is helpful to you. If you would like more information, please call our helpline at 209-259-5552. Or you can go to chessofhope.org for our support group every Thursday at 10 a.m. If you or anyone you know needs help, you can reach out to the National Domestic Violence Hotline number 1-800-799-7233. And to keep up to date with Chest of Hope, you can follow us on all social media platforms. Take care and be safe. And remember, we are here for you at Chest of Hope. <laughs>